0: today to Pastors of the Round Table. We're glad you could join us um, today for this podcast. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, together we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, around the table today is at the same usual boring cast of characters, your beloved hosts, Tim just blew his lips right there. (laughs) Um, It's uh, Tim Michelangeli, Matt Bates, Scott Slater, Spencer Snow. We're here around the table to talk with you. Uh, Tim, you look excited today.
1: I'm
2: pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. Just another day in the junk drawer.
0: Just another day in the junk drawer here in the old podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Are you drinking coffee there? No. No. We got
1: plenty over there. I know. To get you awake. I'm awake. I'm ready. Okay. I doubt it would help.
3: Hey, <laughs> yeah. I guess.
1: Everybody's trying to be like Spencer. Hey, Man,
3: that's pretty morning. funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Scott, we're going to talk a little bit today um, about a, a small series, and we're going to kind of let people through the podcast in on what you're doing with the youth going yeah. through a series right now. Do you want to talk about that series, what it's about, um, and then what we're going to talk about today?
2: Yeah, so the youth uh, several weeks ago started a series on – now it's like an apologetic series, which a lot of Christians are familiar with those. Uh, this one's more geared at not necessarily <laughs> training youth to defend the faith against attacks that are coming from other people, but more so just recognizing the fact that their faith is being attacked. Uh, their, their, uh, their perspective that they've been taught is under fire, so to speak. And so just trying to prepare them for the challenges to their faith that they're going to hear, Mm -hmm. arguments against Christianity. And so we're using a book uh, written by a woman named Rebecca McLaughlin who wrote a book called Confronting Christianity. And it's got 12 different chapters and subjects in it. But the beginning of our series, all we've really done is tried to lay a a foundation and a a groundwork to be able to have that discussion in the first Mm -hmm. place, to, to just be very real about the fact that there are going to be attacks uh to their faith uh not not physical attacks necessarily Mm -hmm. but just there's going to be arguments against christianity what's our answer for those Mm -hmm. um maybe they doubt already and so Mm -hmm. how how should they react when they find that they are beginning to doubt Mm -hmm. their faith
0: have um has the church in general not talking about just (laughs) mmbc but in general have we done a good job of preparing people To be faced with this is something everyone's going to face at some level. Mm -hmm. Have we done a good job as a church, generally speaking, big you know all around the world church, of helping people be ready for that?
2: That's actually I think a really hard question to answer um, because if you listen to to people who come out of the church saying that they this is a topic we'll talk about on a future episode, but that have been through a process of deconstruction, one of the things they'll say is that they were never prepared or they never heard objections to their faith or they were never allowed to ask questions hmm. that they heard. And But then if you hear from the other side of that, from their teachers, from their pastors, it's actually not, that's not the case. Hmm. And so it's hard to say. I think in general, though, we probably don't do a good enough job of, Of teaching specifically kids that have grown up in churches, I think we probably don't do that good of a job of at least exposing them to uh, secular worldviews that they are going to interact with in college or in the workplace, even Um, to the point where, like, you, I think that's one of the reasons, possibly among many, why uh youth, when they, I mean, everybody hears, has heard the statistic, when youth graduate out of the youth group and they go into the big, bad world, they often leave the faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be one of the reasons. I think there's more than that, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. But it's because they've never been exposed to other worldviews or they've never heard objections to their worldview. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they're in a situation where they don't have the resources or the capability mm-hmm to really interact with it on a meaningful sure. level. sure. So that's part of the reason why I'm doing this series is because I I almost want to expose them to the secular worldviews mm-hmm. and to the arguments against their own faith uh, just to kind of get it over with early, so to speak. Sure. And uh, that way, if they do find that they have doubts, let's work through those together. Let's talk about sure. it a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. But in general, I'd say we could probably do a better job. Yeah. I
0: think it's important too to show how uh, uh,
2: Christianity
0: <clears throat> is a. Uh, it uh, we're, we're not afraid of facts. We're not i afra- I'm like, I, I, we're not afraid of having those talks and those conversations and and interacting with other worldviews because we really believe that Christianity can stand the test. And if it's worth it, it will stand the test.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it shouldn't be a, a, a fear driven. Um, uh, Understanding of Christianity. So, um, as we today, we're going to talk about doubt today. Open that topic up. Is there anything specifically that you want us to know about doubt before as we begin this?
2: In... No, not necessarily. I mean, it's mainly just again the beginning of our series has been all about just opening up this topic. It's kind of like a can of worms of getting it on the table that. It is a reality that you at some point will doubt your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are anything like a normal person, and even a normal Christian, you will experience doubt. Mm-hmm. And so just, just get that out of the way. And mm-hmm. so let's just deal with that. And that's kind of what this, this first lesson was mm-hmm. about. What is doubt? I was going to pose that to you guys. What do you all Too think? Bad. Too poses bad. He it to you. Too bad. <laughs> Too, bad. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. He asked first, so you have to answer first. Mm-hmm. Well, no, uh-huh. I'm the one leaving this episode. Okay. Go ahead, <laughs> all right. Scott. Nice. Because I know what I would say. Whew.
1: What? What's doubt? I think doubt is maybe just not having all the answers or something, so you question it. Um, doubt could mean uneducated. Doubt mm-hmm. could mean laziness because you haven't tried uh, I don't know doubts just not fully grasping mm-hmm. something
3: yeah mm-hmm. and uncertainty on
2: whether something is true
3: or false mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean that's generally how you think about it is um, doubt is uncertainty and it could be for various reasons like you sure. said Tim uh, whether you just have never studied it before you don't know for certain mm-hmm uh, if you just haven't, you've heard something, but you haven't really learned it for yourself. Um, I think a big part of it is uh, a word you said, Tim, is just questioning. Uh, you bring something into question. Mm-hmm. You're told that something is true, um, uh, and you just begin to question whether or not that's happening. Like if you have a friend that has told you, "Hey, this fishing spot's really hot right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll catch a lot if you go there." And you go. And you start casting and you're, you're, you're fishing and you're not getting anything. Well, what are you doing then? I doubt that they were being truthful with me <laughs> or that they knew what they were talking about. Sure. Or I doubt that I went to the right spot. Mm. You know, And so you just start to question whether or not something is true. Mm-hmm. And, and that is doubt. So is it negative
1: or positive, I guess? Because I've been taught in my life to doubt things. Like don't just trust everything that you hear. So question, sure. question things, and I think that's that saves a lot of people maybe from some hardship mm-hmm. at times. Yeah, um, you know, when I get the text on my phone saying, "Hey, you just won a raffle through Amazon for five hundred dollars. <laughs> Click here." Yeah, I doubt this happened, and it saves me from the heartache of losing mm-hmm. something, sending yeah. your bank information. Yeah. This shouldn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's a yeah. an aspect where we teach where we teach people to doubt, right? So that would be a positive aspect of doubt. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's a negative one too to where you doubt everything all the time. And yeah. I mean, you find
2: no truth in anything almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a danger um, because I mean, if you ask, um, if you want to think of it this way, if doubt is the absence of certainty, mm-hmm. ask the question, what can you ever truly be certain of in life? Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, when we had this conversation among the youth, I mean, we, you can throw out some pretty silly examples, but I mean, like if you've seen the movie, the matrix, this could all be fake, you know, <laughs> like you, you could actually be having this dream in a coma right now uh-huh. and you have, there is no way to know with <laughs> that's what the philosophers
1: got to when they were studying what's real and all this, yeah. and they, yeah. they battled with these questions. Yeah. And
2: that, that's to, that's when doubt becomes a negative thing when you do reach a point where you have to live in a state of questioning, and yeah. there can be no answers. And we would call that agnosticism, where it's like, you, I can't believe anything uh, because I can't prove anything beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I can't prove anything, mm-hmm. therefore I can't believe mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the places people who... Uh, in an unhealthy way, live in a world of doubt, that's where they end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about uh, with the youth is is that you end up in a, in a world of doubt. But like you said, I mean, questioning things is always good, uh, especially in church. Like, is And we as pastors, I think we always even routinely would tell people, I want you to trust me as your teacher, but I don't want you to take <clears throat> what I'm saying as, mm-hmm. as yeah. 100% true. I would much rather you study this on your own and come not right. come to your own conclusion but see for yourself mm-hmm. right. what is the case from the scriptures. Yeah, I don't
3: think that's happening in our school systems today. I think what's happening is is the kids aren't taught how to think critically but they're supposed to take the teachers at their words and textbooks at their word mm-hmm. as as their word to learn things mm-hmm. and take that as truth. Mm. Um, But I think what you're saying is exactly right. Uh, Doubt, I think, starts from being able to think critically. Because you're actually thinking through things. You're thinking through, who is God? You're thinking through, um, is God really who He says He is? Is the Word of God, is the Bible, is the canon of Scripture really sufficient? Is it really uh, inerrant? Is it really what it says it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and without critical thinking, you can't even get to that step. Mm-hmm. And I think some—I uh, think, from my experience in school, we weren't really taught to think critically about things. Mm. It was—it was almost assumed that the teacher knew, and we were supposed to, you know, absorb it as as truth and not really question whether it was truth or not truth. Yeah. Unless you were
1: taking a philosophy. Class. I think that's part of growing up, though. I mean, there are some things I don't want my kids to question me on.
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah, sure. You know,
1: sure. That's electricity. Sure, don't yeah. touch it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, there's no need for critical thinking here. <laughs> Just listen and obey. Yeah. And so, I'm sure there's an aspect of that as we grow up. Even, probably <clears> even <throat> with our parents, you know, when you realize for the first time, like. Mom and Dad aren't always right. Wait a second here. Where before,
2: you just always took it that way. Mm-hmm. And that that's the stages of learning things, yeah. right? Uh-huh. There's when you're so young. And that's even kind of how some of what we approach our uh, Sunday school uh, here at church mm-hmm. is based upon. Is like when they're young, we want to just teach them some basic principles and facts mm-hmm. and things. But then once they start getting into the youth, yeah. that's when I want them to start. I mean, this is just kind of how I've thought through this. And Spencer has been very helpful in that is thinking through. Okay, now let's not just tell you what it is. I want you to know why, mm-hmm, and certainly. I want you to think through, and I want you to be able to study the Scriptures yourself mm-hmm. and come to that conclusion. Yeah. So I, I noticed in your guys'
1: fishing uh, analogy there that the first place you went to when doubting is you doubted your friend's honesty. And I, I don't know why you would do that because I don't know if I would go there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would. my first thing when I was fishing would say, my friend's lying to me. He obviously didn't catch fish here. This obviously isn't a hot spot. I guess my mentality would be maybe the weather's different or the fish just aren't here right now. Mm-hmm. Something, something's going on that's mm-hmm. caused this to be different. Or same with like I've had this with people with restaurants hey, do you know of a good restaurant? And you tell them and they go and they're like, that place was horrible. I'm never going back. It's like, well, you probably only ate one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ate what I ate. I don't even know if it's the same cook. I don't mm-hmm. know who was on set, but you just wrote that whole place off because right. of that one thing. Mm-hmm. And you're doubting my ability to tell you a good restaurant now. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to trust me anymore. Mm-hmm. What is it in us that does that? Mm-hmm. Why do we why do we go straight mm-hmm. to that instead of and like this doubt, this doubtness of mm-hmm. people instead of, more critical thinking, I think, of what Matt was saying there. Like, maybe there's something more to this. Yeah. I don't know. That, it's, even in your analogy, you guys, I don't know who said the analogy. <laughs> I did. It's yeah. me.
3: Oh, yeah, you're pointing. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> but you went You went straight to the negative of your friend. Mm-hmm. Is that, why?
2: I mean, is that common? Is that is that what a lot of us do, you think? I would say, again, like, uh, I think that that's probably the more common way. I mean, like, when we're thinking about doubt, uh, not just with fishing, but like especially with stuff like spiritual matters and reality in general. I think most people are would generally question their friend or their previous teachers first because we tend to have a very positive view of ourselves mm-hmm. and uh, we think of ourselves as being more reliable mm-hmm. and um, and somebody that is questioning things for the first time. It's easier, I think. To question someone else and what they have taught you, than to look internally and see your own faults. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and so I, I would think. In your, in my example, that's exactly what I went to, and that's probably what I would do in real life too. <laughs> Be like Tim sent me to this place, and it's worthless. <laughs> He's trying to keep all the fish from himself. <laughs> um, which I might do. Hey, see, see. <laughs> and, uh, but well, of course,
3: I, that well, restaurant's terrible. You got you order chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you order fried chicken at every restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't. But I have friends, so you know, and I see like
1: um, and hear about who had the same kind of upbringing as me. Um, But they'll say things about like this church or the people who taught them and say, you know, I never learned that or I was taught this in a way that was hate or whatever it might be. And now I see that this is different. Mm -hmm. But then from my point of view, I was in the same class as you were. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about that. Mm -hmm. I remember talking about that. I even remember being told you love everybody despite this sin or whatever. Now, there probably was some questionable things at times. I get, mm-hmm. but their experience was very different, it seems, than my experience. It caused them to doubt things, Yeah, and yeah. being a part of student ministry for a while now, hearing pe- kids, hearing people come back to the church after leaving after youth, and that's what they would say, I never heard this before, and yeah. I want to <laughs> yell out, liar. I know you did. Yeah. I know that I said that, yeah. or I know that so-and-so said that, mm-hmm. but I do think there is some truth biblically to
2: you probably didn't hear it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) exactly. And that's what I think, that's where I was going to go. I think it comes down to that sometimes of a person that has the spirit of God in them is much more likely to have a a soft and a contrite heart Mm -hmm. to question themselves Mm -hmm. first, to recognize that there is uh, indwelling sin and that we are broken and that our minds don't always understand.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so it's, but a person that doesn't have that, a person that doesn't have the spirit, is going to probably look on the outside and blame. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just like blame shift. I think mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. um, blame someone else mm-hmm. uh, for why something happened or whatever. And you mm-hmm. see that. You see examples all of that all over yeah. scripture. I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think something else we can learn, like from our from our public schools and education, <clears throat> is you know my wife has been a public school teacher for quite a while now, and so being involved with it is. Um, you see kids go through the same curriculum, and you see some do exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. You see some who just do pretty good mm-hmm. and are average and normal, and you see some who do really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what it seems like the public school systems do like from the state level is say – we need to get the bad kids to be really good, and the way we do that is more school. You need to be in school more more days, or the curriculum needs to be changed or something. But when you talk to people whose feet are on the ground, when you start talking to the teachers and stuff, you start to see, I know exactly why this kid isn't doing good. You know, There's no dad at home, mm-hmm. or they bounce around. Yeah, sure. Like You start to see that there's more factors in how we learn mm-hmm. than just <clears throat> being taught something. Yes. And... It doesn't seem to be put into thought from the superintendent of the state or from the people who talk about that stuff. And I think we have to be careful of that in the church as well because Mm. Spencer asked the question earlier about have we done a good job as a church as a whole, the big church, of teaching people. Mm. I would have to say for 2,000-some years, yeah, I mean, church is still going. It's all over the world. Mm. Like, missions have been happening. People are being saved. God is doing a work, and he's doing it through the church. Mm. And so... Yeah, that is happening pretty good. Are there probably some things we could do better? No doubt. I mean, but it also points me back to the fact that we're in a business where no matter how hard we strive, God has to do the work. God has to change people's hearts. God has Mm -hmm. to help them see. God has to help them understand. Mm -hmm. And. We have to carry that with us and understand that it doesn't mean we should be lazy about it, it doesn't mean you know you shouldn't do these kind of classes yeah no we should yeah um, but we can't think that we can force this down a kid's throat to sure. get it right. you know yeah. or or
2: anybody's throat yeah. really and we would look to we would look to that and and see God's working in an individual's life as being like the ultimate uh, of what is going to actually lead that person uh, into a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, but if if we still think in terms of like our working and what we're doing, even, not just me with the youth, but any, uh, well, I guess it would be with me and the youth for this example, but like our youth are not going to be prepared for the world and and and, and opposing Mm -hmm. worldviews just because they've been in this class. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to know their faith well if they just come to youth group every week. Mm What's probably much more, not probably, is much more of a factor is what are their parents doing in the home mm-hmm. with them? So mm-hmm. in the same way that home life affects a kid at school and the way they perform in school and how mm-hmm. they do in school, it's the same way with their faith. Mm-hmm. If they have parents that are actually actively teaching them the faith mm-hmm. and not just leaving it to an hour or two hours during the week mm-hmm. where they're with me or they're with their Sunday school teacher or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I would say God is using, like, when
1: you teach that class, God is using it in the hearts of the kids that are his. Sure, yeah. And and whatever we want to think as a church, I don't want to be too pious to sit here and think, every kid who comes through these doors is a Christian. I doubt that. You know, as you're teaching the 35 or whatever it is youth up there, you know, and we use these stats, they go away and 10% remain the fact might be only 10% are really Christian. Yeah. I know they're saying they are for Mm -hmm. their parents or whatever, Mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. we got to factor all that in. Yeah. Uh, I say that more encouraging to us as we teach to realize, you know, we're not, we don't hold the reins there Mm -hmm. of our Mm -hmm. success. God, God does. We just have to be faithful to stick with it. Mm -hmm. And and I would even probably say the same for parents because we want the parent, we want parents to be faithful, Mm -hmm. teaching their kids, Mm -hmm. um, but the fact is, not every kid will then accept uh, by yep. faith that grace of God. They're not going to do that, mm-hmm. and and it'd be wrong of us, I think, to look at a parent and say, "This is probably on you."
2: Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure. didn't teach them enough. The reality sure. is,
2: parents that have kids that are not walking with the Lord are already overburdened with guilt, probably, because they yeah. feel like it is their fault. Yeah, and, and the reality is, I mean, we need. Not just pastors, but parents need mm-hmm. a, an understanding and a healthy balance of, I understand that my child's salvation is ultimately in the hands of the Lord, mm-hmm. but God has given me a task, mm-hmm. and I do that task as faithfully as I can. So I have my work, God has his work, mm-hmm. and I do what God has commanded me to do, to raise my child in the fear and instruction of the Lord, uh, and to be patient with them, mm-hmm. and care for them, mm-hmm. and raise them to be functioning adults, Um, to hopefully be members Mm -hmm. functioning in the church. But I know that God has his secret work Mm -hmm. that he is doing and I'm trusting him to do that in his time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's a, that's a hard balance to strike, especially when you, I mean, as a parent, if there is anybody that you want to be walking with the Lord, it's your kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. when they're not. Yeah. And, we can easily go down some very strange paths and hurtful paths if we try to manufacture what only god can do
1: Mm. i mean we see doubt quite a bit in scripture i think when we think about is doubt sinful is doubt wrong Mm -hmm. um uh, i know you have you have some written down here and thomas comes to mind as well Mm -hmm. but you got like sarah
2: gideon moses yeah, I, I mean, that, quite a bit. what comes in there, like, if you look at, like, your those Sarah, Gideon, Moses are from Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. which is commonly called the Hall of Faith uh, in Hebrews. But what this kind of gets to is, what is the nature of faith and doubt? Uh, do they work together? Are they totally separate? Are they like oil and water? You know, do they just not mix? And if that's the case, then... What, what, is a, what is a young person or what is any person supposed to do when they start to have doubts? Because if you misunderstand the nature of doubt and faith, uh, it, can, it, it can really scare you mm-hmm. like, when you have some doubts. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I would just ask you guys is, what, what is faith? Like How would you define faith uh, in, in that kind of conversation? Well, I mean, I, I just talked about this in a
1: sermon uh, a couple weeks ago in Ephesians mm-hmm. 2, 8 to 10, right? You are saved uh, by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. This is not a work so that no man should boast. And so what is faith? And we talked about like a few misconceptions of faith, but then some things that are a part of faith. Mm-hmm. And it was the part the parts of faith that are real faith, I think. Spurgeon said this was Um, knowledge, belief, and trust. Trust. And we know scripturally, when we look at those three categories, that God has to work that out in a person's life, Mm -hmm. right? He has to open our eyes to the truth of the gospel Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we can learn all about it. We can learn all about the gospel. There's plenty of people, Satan himself knows the gospel very well. And actually, believes believes it's true he knows it's true uh-huh. but he doesn't have a saving faith a, a faith you know that is mm-hmm. receiving and mm-hmm. so there's this knowledge part of it there's the believing part of it so it's not just a knowledge thing now it's saying i believe this to be true which we know is a work of god in our life too mm-hmm. and then a trust so just a full out you know trust, trust fall think of a trust fall oh, full out wow. i'm trusting you to catch me here i am yours you are mine type of thing. Full out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, that's what faith is. Uh, but the interesting thing, I guess, where doubt would come into play, what I'm thinking of off the top of my head, is we're called as Christians. So people who've already been saved by grace through faith to continue to know him more and more and more. So there's this, that knowledge aspect seems to grow. Um, and so if I don't know everything already, then there's things I don't know. And so then there's things I'm going to probably doubt. There's things I'm going to struggle with. I don't mm-hmm. know how this works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so something like Lord's Supper, when you're first saved and you take Lord's Supper, you know, it's interesting. But then when you start to learn about Lord's Supper and how different denominations do it and what it means, is it a symbol? It says Jesus is present with it. What does all this mean, right? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to have some doubt of like, I don't know what that really is. Yeah. I don't know what the purpose of it is. Mm-hmm. Well, now I need to know. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't necessarily mean I've lost my faith. I'm just, mm-hmm. I think doubt actually is helping me. Yeah. Yeah. Pushing me. Yeah, you said it was a catalyst.
2: Yeah, it can so. be a catalyst for sure. And <clears throat> I mean, the what it, come, it comes down to is, is we think about what, what is the nature of faith and doubt. And is faith the absence of doubt? I would say no. I'd say no, yeah. It, right. It's not. And because you even get into some places in Scripture, this is why I referenced Hebrews 11, um, and the many different examples that are given there, some specific ones. So I mentioned Sarah, uh, like meaning Abraham and Sarah. In verse 11 of chapter 11, it says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. And so it says that Sarah was able to conceive because she considered God faithful. And so it was her trust in God as faithful to do what he said he could do. Mm-hmm. But if you remember back to the story in Genesis, Sarah's first reaction when she heard that she was going to conceive was mm-hmm. to laugh mm-hmm. and to doubt. Mm-hmm. Yet here she is in <laughs> chapter eleven being praised mm-hmm. for the faith mm-hmm. that she had. Mm-hmm. And so clearly Sarah is not being remembered as doubting Sarah. Uh-huh. You know, she's being remembered here as as the Sarah of faith. And then Gideon is referenced just by name in verse 32. Gideon of, of, you know, having an army of what, only 300 people. After it got whittled down. Yeah, Yeah. so after Mm -hmm. it is whittled down. Mm -hmm. But he was, at the beginning of this whole process, told by God that he's going to be used to defeat Israel's enemies. And Gideon's first reaction was not to just outright believe God. He tested the Lord. Mm-hmm. He put out a fleece and mm-hmm. said, let, let all the ground be wet, but the fleece dry. Mm-hmm. And then even after that happened, mm-hmm. he did it the reverse. He right. said, let the fleece only be wet and the ground dry. I might have those backwards. But, <laughs> you know, he did. And so he doubted. Right. But here he is being, you know, lifted up for the faith mm-hmm. that he had and that he operated on. But Gideon was not a man that was completely absent of doubt. Mm-hmm. And then Moses, the same way, like even more so than other examples, at the beginning of Exodus when Moses is being called by God uh, at the, like the scene of the burning bush, mm-hmm. Moses three different times tries to convince God that he is not the right person. Mm-hmm. For, and so Moses is very clearly doubting God's decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet Moses is, <clears throat> is lifted up as a great man of faith, you know, doing what he did and these great wonders. And so if, if we understand faith to be the absence of doubt, then clearly these are not people of faith because they had doubts at least at some point. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just use those as examples to the youth to show that having doubts does not automatically take you out of the category of a person with faith. Mm -hmm. Um, That in fact, you can still act on faith when you have doubts that are present. Um, And so in even places in the New, other places in the New Testament show that the way that, that a person is treated when they have doubts is not to be cast out or um, rebuked, uh, even all the time. But, like uh, Jude 22, uh, chapter 122, mm-hmm. says, Have mercy on those who doubt. Mm-hmm. And we even see that being displayed in the way that Jesus treats Thomas. Mm-hmm. When Thomas says, I will never believe unless I can put my hand in his side, my fingers and in, sure. in the holes in his hands and his feet. And uh and Jesus when he shows up, he just appears mm-hmm. like that. When he does, he doesn't just straight out rebuke Thomas, but right. he gently gives him right. the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then he does say He does kinda he does kinda gently rebuke him. He does. he you know he he doesn't uh he doesn't cast him out right. from the disciples and right. say, you're no longer mine. Right. Because right. you doubted Right, you know. Instead, he gives them that evidence, and but and he does say, "Blessed are those who have not seen seen and yet have believed." Mm -hmm. Right, you know. Right. Yeah.
0: No, I think one of the things that's helpful is, in a sense, um, faith and doubt are polar opposites because faith is complete confidence in the word in God through as He's revealed Himself. Doubt is being uncertain. But it is possible, so in that sense, in their purest understandings, faith and doubt are polar opposites. But it is possible, actually it's not possible, it's, the reality is, is in this life, we are all still, be, you can be a believer and yet have doubts. Mm-hmm. Because we still have remaining sin. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I think uh, like, like a, a guy like Martin Luther, who considered doubt to actually be inspired by Satan. Because, so he did not, um, on the one hand, I think Luther in some ways was not surprised to find doubt in his heart, because he's justified yet sinful. But that mm-hmm. didn't mean he's not a believer, mm-hmm. exactly like what you're saying with like, with all these individuals. They were, they were believers, um, mm-hmm. but still had doubting hearts. Mm-hmm. And, that's, uh, the, and the key is, is, as we're gonna get to, is that you don't give quarter to that. Mm-hmm. You give no quarter to doubt. Um, and, uh, and there's also a difference between like, for instance, one of the great examples you see, this is in the first example, in the first couple chapters of Luke's gospel where Luke, where we see, first of all, Zachariah, is it Zachariah or Zacharias? Zachariah. Zechariah. He goes, right. The angel shows up to him, says, your wife's going to have a baby yada 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 and he says how can this world can this be mm-hmm. my wife's mm-hmm. um old he's 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 censured because that was doubt <laughs> that proceeded from unbelief mm-hmm. but then mary he shows up to mary and says yeah. mary you're going to give birth to a baby okay but how is this going to happen the difference was is she actually believed it mm-hmm. and then she's there's a difference between that unbelieving doubt of zachariah yeah and the believing curiosity almost mm-hmm. or questioning of Mary. Yeah, yeah. I believe that, but how are you gonna do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a difference that we want to I think we, you know what I mean? Yeah, like so there's the difference. a and both of them were believers though. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just a one yeah. was a response of sinful doubt. Mm-hmm. The other one was a response of of um, I don't know how you're gonna do this. How is this gonna happen? Because yeah. I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. But right. she's but we're told Elizabeth praises her. Blessed be
2: the one, right, who believed yeah. what the Lord told her. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and maybe the way to differentiate that is that, um, uh, that there's a distinction between doubt and distrust of something. Like you can, if you think about doubt in terms of like the absence of certainty. Uh, the way, how do we think about certainty? How do you arrive at certainty? Mm-hmm. I think we are trained in our modern minds to think of empirical evidence mm. of, of truth or uh, evidence that something is the way it is mm-hmm. because you can prove it. Um, but if you think about uh, certainty in that sense, then we will never be certain of anything, mm. uh, really. And so, but I think the nature of faith is that we can still trust what we are told by God even if we don't know everything about it, and so in that sense, you don't know everything about it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have uncertainty, but I still believe that what he said is true. Well,
0: and also faith what is not, faith is trusting, and everybody exercises faith. I exercise faith whenever I walk across the street,
1: mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in Frenchtown, because
0: believe <laughs> <hell, no. laughs> <Well, leave laughs> me, i <laughs> <laughs> when, when um, by. <laughs> I'm just, so I mean, I'm exercising <laughs> trust, faith in the fact that I'm looking at the evidence here and I'm going to walk across the street mm-hmm. because I believe that car is not going to hit me because it's way down there and I'm going to make it across the street. Mm-hmm. So we, actually, we do this every day. And also it's important for people to not think that faith, faith is me placing my confidence in Jesus Christ um, and, and resting in Him. And um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I,
3: I mean, don't know. What, you know I, mean? I
0: know what I'm
1: thinking as you go along, but I, I don't know if this is where you're headed. But our, our faith isn't Jesus Christ. Our, our faith isn't our saving hope. And I think sometimes when we struggle with doubt and we think we're losing our right. faith, it shows that we're actually putting our faith in our faith, yeah. you know, not yeah. our faith in, sure. in Christ and what He has done and His
0: accomplished right. task. And I do think it's appropriate, though, to say that my doubts, and, and also, doubt is not equal to ignorance. So just because I don't know something, mm-hmm. in sense, right doesn't equal that's sure. okay in a sense that there's I mean there can be a culpable ignorance I suppose yeah for but sure. um, but you're right, like a doubt should always drive me to to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. ultimately every right. doubt should yeah. drive me back to God my confidence because we can say there
1: we're, I think I think we can say this and maybe we could talk about it but there is bad doubt for the Christian Definitely. and there's doubt for right. the Christian that we should see and pray that god would root out of us because it shouldn't be there because it is wrong it, right. it, it's a bad it's a bad thing and so i guess my example of that would be people who have something happening to them and now they're doubting god loves them i would mm-hmm. i would critique them and say right. this is a problem yeah. Yeah, this right. isn't a good doubt driving you to something you shouldn't be cr- yeah. questioning this because right. we have it very clearly that god right. loves us mm-hmm. right there's other yeah.
0: issues that and, i would and, say and is also, good doubt. And also I think this is where we struggle somewhat in today's, because uh, especially after the Enlightenment, when we separated the the, the this world from the mm-hmm. spiritual world, is whenever Luther starts saying things like, "Well, this is inspired by the devil." We don't. That's not honestly like that's not my first gut reaction. <laughs> Mm -hmm. is to think that I'm having these doubts because Satan is tempting me to doubt, or the sport. I don't normally think that way, but actually I think the Bible does that quite a bit. It says the forces, there are forces of spiritual darkness. I'm not saying we go off into crazy, you know, become obsessed with demons and everything. Mm -hmm. But the way for, you know, for instance, for Luther, the way to, re- to to go back against that is to go back into the word of God. Because the, the temptation of the devil is to say, has God said? Right. Doubting. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And, and Jesus always responded in the desert. It is it written. It is written. That's right. how he always. And so written. that's the same response for us, I think, yeah. is. As Christians, as we face these things in the world where maybe we think this is the reality, right? Right. All the time. Right. I'm hurting right now, therefore God doesn't love me. Right. The problem is that's not what we're cemented on, though. I'm cemented on this, which Mm -hmm. tells me He does love me. Even in
2: the face of these difficulties, they actually told me those difficulties were coming. That specific doubt, like, does God love me, you will find to be one of the major doubts Mm -hmm. that people have. It's not even doubt over, like, the historicity of the Bible Mm -hmm. or of the person of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It is, they've been told their whole life, God loves me. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. I know for the Bible tells me Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible says that, but my life experience is saying something else right now. It doesn't feel like God loves Mm me. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is an important distinction I want to make because, you know, I'm saying doubt and faith can coexist in a sense, like we see that in Scripture. But the way that at least I see this kind of the nature of faith and doubt presented in Scripture is that those who doubt are not condemned but they are never commended for their right. doubting. Yep. and That's, that's important. Important. It's good. It's that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. condemned. It's okay to doubt. Yeah. But you're not supposed to stay in your doubt. Right. Yeah, right. Hebrews right. doesn't say Sarah laughing was a good thing. Yes. <laughs> By no way. Right. No. Right. it doesn't commend her for yeah. laughing. It commends her for for then believing and mm-hmm. trusting mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. her lack of understanding mm-hmm. about how this could possibly right. happen. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. People are not commended in scripture for doubting. Um mm-hmm. but what often happens. And the reason that it's important, I think, to talk about the nature of faith and doubt is because, especially for young people that are being brought up in the church, the reaction that they see to what happens to their friends or to other people when they express doubt over anything that we would say uh, is often responded to in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. And so when they begin to have doubts, they begin to fear Mm. that I'm losing my faith and Mm. that if I have any doubt at all, that means I don't have any faith, hmm. and um, and so s- s- just being able to be told it's okay to have your doubts is mm-hmm. that needs that's important. It's not okay to stay doubting. I don't want you to stay doubting, um, but it's okay to to have those because that that at least it gives us an opportunity to talk about it.
0: Sure. Know? Well, I think too having a culture where people are honest about the fact that. That everyone goes mm-hmm. through this. If you're thinking that, uh, you know, if you're if you're some some saint who says you've never struggled with these things, um, that may be true, I suppose. Yeah. But also, let's be real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As far as I know, none of us are in heaven yet, and um, so mm-hmm. let's let's just be real about the remaining sin yeah. that's within us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and Tim said earlier that especially for a youth, as we're thinking about this with young people or even adults that are at that stage when you're dealing with doubt, it oftentimes is just because you've been exposed to a different view Mm -hmm. that you've never heard before. Sure, New things are naturally attractive to us, I think. Um, And uh, especially if you've grown up in an environment where everybody is a Christian and the Bible, Jesus, the church are only ever talked about in the positive sense. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden you're immersed in a culture like college, where none of that is viewed positively anymore, it's all negative, uh, then it's going to be pretty difficult. But all that might end up being is this is a catalyst to deepen your faith Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. and to really finally dive in. And I think a lot of times what that ends up being in students' lives is this is just the season of your life where your faith isn't just about your parents anymore. This is going to be more about what do you believe? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is true? Mm-hmm. And this is just part of the process for, for coming to that conclusion mm-hmm. for them, I think.
0: And probably, too, a couple of things. Is that shows us, too, that process. When you said real quick, this is not just about your parents' faith. That shows us that that process should begin a lot earlier. Yes,
1: absolutely. This is not.
0: This is, um, you know, I even ask my boys, are you a Christian? And are you trusting in Jesus Christ? Are you a sinner? This is not simply about what, you know, you ask them personal questions. Mm -hmm. And also, um, another thing as well, I think, is that what we teach our kids, I think one of the biggest things um, that, that can also cause people to doubt the Christian faith is because they don't even know really what Christianity is. Christianity has been told to them that it is a moral code. Or that Christianity is mm-hmm. um, a set of subjective feelings I get when I go to the church service and mm-hmm. hear the band warm up. Mm-hmm. That's not what Christianity is. It's substantial. It's 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 facts. It's history, and. Um, it is subjective. There is a subjective side to it. And it is, does have moral standards. But that's not the primary thing it is. Yeah. And so also, sometimes they just haven't even really heard genuine Christianity. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not even, I,
2: had, I think of that that Lutheran satire video that you sent. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's that is... It, like when we talk about deconstruction, that's what you find so many times. It's like this person never really understood what Christianity was in the first place. Right. And, like all they've done is put their feet in the shallow end. Sure. Yeah. If you're they've gonna, never actually waded into the pool.
0: Right. It's, it's like, okay, if you read, I mean, I don't want you to reject Christianity because I think it's true. But if you're going to at least reject Christianity. Yeah. And don't reject some false thing that you think is Christianity. Right. Some, yeah. some image. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's good. Any further
2: things to no. think about? No, no, no. Okay. Like Tim, did you have something you were looking at?
1: I, I was just looking at Mark nine when the guy said, "I believe, help my unbelief." Mm-hmm. Just that, a good example again. Yeah, man. that crying out. Of, there is an understanding I think we're all going to have that we don't yeah. have all the answers, and so right. there's always going to be things that come up that we just we just question. But um, my prayer is that we don't question God. We don't question His goodness. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I go at it assuming. God has answers for this. There's like, mm-hmm. there's there's reasonable answers because like you said, I'm not scared of facts. I'm yeah. not scared of truth because yeah. I believe God is truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, being willing to search those
2: out though is important and not yeah. live in that doubt or yeah. live in that unbelief. Yeah. Something, I guess, I'm mainly thinking just talking to parents right now because mm-hmm. I think a mm-hmm. lot of them do fear their children walking away from the faith or if they knew their child was going through a season of doubt, it would cause them anxiety. But, I think you should almost be glad Mm -hmm. that they're having doubts because that at least shows that they're thinking about this stuff. And uh, like you said, Mm -hmm. that process is going to happen at some point. And so be glad. If they're expressing that to you, be glad that they're feeling free Mm -hmm. enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And not just... Believing in a false sense of Christianity for the rest of their lives. Wouldn't you rather, even if, I mean, this is, maybe not everybody would agree with this. Wouldn't you rather know that they know that they aren't a Christian as opposed to thinking that they are but not Mm. being one for the rest of their lives? Mm, Sure. You know, that's at least a much better starting point for you as a parent to be able to speak into their lives for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So that's just, mm-hmm. parents should, I think, be encouraged, actually, when stuff like this happens, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, you know?
0: view it as a providential opportunity. Yeah. It really is. And also, you know, as you talk to your kids, even from little, I mean, you don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> encourage people to sow seeds of doubt in their young children. <laughs> but at the same time, what do you think about that? You know, you they see stuff on television, or they see mm-hmm. people in the streets, and they see people at the store. What do you think about that? And and, and just like don't hide from they, they, they see the world already as little children and at their appropriate level. And mm-hmm. you can also help them begin to navigate yeah. um, those things together. Yeah. OK, um, thanks so much for listening. We're going to continue on next week with um, deconversion stories, talking about what that is, what that's like um, for, for people. Um, we hope this has been helpful, and we hope that it will uh, drive all of us more and more to understand what we believe, why we believe it, and uh, ultimately to drive us uh, to Jesus Christ, that, that rock for, for our faith. Uh, thank you for listening. Take care, and have a great day.